And so as this uh, video is kind of introduced, we're entering into a new sermon series this morning called Overcomer, Living with God's Strength and Peace During Turbulent Times. At the end of every calendar year, I kind of like to be prepared. And so come every uh, November for the last few years, I've sat down to uh, prepare the next year's sermons. And I'll, and I'll enter into it with prayer and trying to think about what will be most helpful for the church and what we'll be going through and what, what God wants to lay upon our hearts. And so last November, I uh, sat down and I wrote a sermon series with this title, Overcomer, Living with Strength and Peace During Turbulent Times. Now, that, uh, now this sermon w- series was planned pre-pandemic days. And that actually gives me a great amount, that actually gives me a lot of confidence that uh, what we are about to enter into is from the Lord. Because when I think about this, living with strength and peace during turbulent times, this is far more relevant than I ever could have imagined or anticipated. You know, I was thinking, oh yeah, 2020, come the fall, we'll be entering into an election year. But we have so many things going on around us right now that it makes us feel like this time is so turbulent. Not only do we have the health concerns with coronavirus, but there is a, uh, we have a lot of economic concerns with a recession and, and many jobs being unstable. And then there is the social unrest around racial injustice issues, and the election just heightens it all because the politicians play on our anxieties and fears and all of these things that are on our minds. And this is in society, but it's also in our own lives personally. And many of us are feeling the, the, uh, the difficulties of isolation and loneliness or the stresses of having to do homeschooling and working at the same time. And so these, so these things that are before us, I think the Lord has given us this sermon series. In fact, I have a lot of confidence that he will speak to us on some, uh, some topics that feel very relevant and needed right now. We call this series Overcomer. Overcoming is actually one of the main themes in the book of Revelation, and I'm sure that we will look at Revelation a few times over the next couple months. But in the first couple chapters, there is a verse that is repeated. Slightly different, but the essence of it's the same over and over again. In the Revelation 2 and 3, there are seven letters to seven churches, and each one closes like this. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who overcomes. And then this is where it differs a little bit to each church. But this is the part I want to, the, the, the part that is repeated is the part I want to use uh, to, for us to enter into the, today's message. Whoever has ears to hear, let them, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, my heart is that as we enter into this new sermon series, that we would have ears to hear, that we'd be humble. As I said, I I have the conviction that God is leading us as we look into his word around these, these topics of overcoming. But we have to have humility to understand that it is God who 
will speak to us and God who will strengthen us. When we think about living with the strength and peace that God provides during turbulent times. So hang on. God's going to speak to us. I'm confident of that. May we have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to us. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you that you love us so much. God, I thank you that even as uh, we are in our, our homes or wherever we are at this morning, that you are mindful of us. God, I'm confident that you have a word for us over the next few months and, and even here this morning. And so we humbly come before you now and submit our lives and our hearts to you and pray that you would give us ears to hear. Help us to hear what uh, you have for us. The burden off, uh, doesn't necessarily rest on the preacher or the sermon, though I ask for your help. But the burden rests on all of us to be sensitive to your Spirit's leading. And so, God, I pray that you would impress upon us today the things that you would have for us. And we commit this sermon and this sermon series to you. And uh, thank you that in advance that you're going to speak to us. And now we come before you now and ask that you be our teacher and impress your message upon us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, I read a biography about a woman who hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. And uh, the Pacific Crest Trail, let me tell you a little bit about it, because if you're like me, you, didn't, uh, you may not have known. I, I learned about this as I was reading this biography. It's actually really long. It goes from the Mexican border to the Canadian border. Goes all the length of the United States from the north to the south. Now, a lot of times we think you may have heard of the John Muir Trail in uh, in Sequoia and Yosemite, and that's part of it. Uh, but the Pacific Coast, but the Pacific Crest Trail goes the length of it. And I was reading this biography, and I got this urge, man, I want to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. It sounded awesome. It sounded like it would just be this life-changing event. The woman in the in the biography that I was reading. Uh, she entered into it because she was going through this really hard time in life. And uh, she needed to get away and she needed to process all of these things in her life. And as she's hiking along this trail, some of it's like just almost desert. And then some of it, you, uh, she's traveling through these areas where it's just these uh, mad, majestic vistas in, in this beautiful area. And, uh, and I got inspired, not only because I thought it would be fun to hike through these areas, but I got inspired by the changes that she was describing that were taking place in her heart and in her life as she traveled along. And I got this urge, I want to do the uh, Pacific Crest Trail. Well, I know full well I will never hike the Pacific Crest Trail because, first of all, it took her three months to do. I don't got three months off. And second of all, like... I'm sure Chelsea wouldn't divorce me, but it would, it would definitely have some marital difficulties. It's got two kids at home. There's, there's just no way. And then thirdly, obviously, I am not in anywhere uh, good enough shape to make that kind of a hike. But the, but the urge is still there because I love the idea of the challenge of it. And I love the idea that in the challenge of it, we will, that I would be changed somehow along the way. The great Olympian, Jesse Owens, he won uh, four Olympic gold medals, said, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And I think there's some truth to that. 
As we enter into this new sermon series, there are challenges before us. In fact, uh, the things that we're going to talk about are, are probably just as challenging as hiking from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada. Like these are, these are, this is a major undertaking. Not the sermon series itself, but the topics of it. The things that we're going to talk about are, are things that, that will touch us at some of the most difficult things in our lives. There is a challenge in it. But my prayer is that if we submit ourselves to the Lord, that He will change us along the way. That we will be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Some of the topics that we'll be covering over the next few months are overcoming falsehood with truth, overcoming busyness with God's priorities, evil with good, apathy with seeking God, anxiety with peace, fear with faith, loneliness with togetherness, confusion with wisdom, divisions with unity, temptations with scripture, and death with life. These are some of the topics that we will be considering over the next few months. And if you look at that list, like these are some major things. These are some important issues. In fact, I hope that some of those jump out at you and say, well, that, that's what I need. Those, that's the, the relevant issue that, that I'm dealing with right now. These are important things. These are challenging things, but it's exciting because with the challenge comes the anticipation of change and God's transforming work in our lives. Now, as we enter into this uh, series, we understand that, that uh, the place where we have to start is the deepest part within us, our core, uh, those things that rest right on the inside and that influence how we see ourselves in the world around us. You see, any challenging trip like hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, the reason it changes us is because we begin to see the world differently, and we actually begin to see ourselves differently. And, as, and so that's where we've got to start in this sermon series today. We're kind of laying the foundation. And here's the foundation. We must truly begin to find our identity in Christ. The core of who we are, we have to see it uh, in, in relation to uh, being joined with, with Jesus being united with Christ. We have to find our identity in Christ. Some of you work in a business or, a, or an organization. Some of you own a business or, or you run an organization. And you know that in that business uh, or that organization, if you're going to see significant change, you have to change the culture of the organization, right? You have to, uh, if your employees or, or your co-workers are going to begin to... Uh, approach their job differently or, or have a different attitudes in the working environment, then you've got to change the, the core of it, the culture, in a sense, the, the organization's DNA. Now, I'm not a business leader, but as a pastor, I want to emphasize this as strongly as I can. If we are to be overcomers, we've got to change the core of how we see ourselves. We have to truly find our identity in Christ. For until we begin to think of our whole lives and, and, uh, and the world around us 
and our relationships and how we approach circumstances and difficulties until we begin to see those, uh, see those things in light of being united with Christ, then we are destined uh, to not be overcomers, but to be defeated. And so we start with finding our identity in Christ. Why? Because it is Jesus who has overcome the world. If we are to be overcomers, we must align our lives with the one who has overcome the world. Let me just, let me just say that one more time. If we are to be overcomers, we must align our lives with the one who has overcome the world. John 16, 33 almost might be, might be uh, almost a, a theme verse for us. John uh, 16, 33, these are Jesus' words. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. The word overcome here in the Greek, the Greek word is nikao. And uh, it's a word that means to be victorious or to prevail or to conquer. It's the opposite of being defeated. And uh, in the Bible, the word, this word nikao is always used in relationship to difficult situations or to difficult circumstances. And so as Christians... It means that if Jesus has, first of all, nikao, if he has, first of all, overcome the world, then we must align ourselves with him so that we can then begin to experience victory. We can prevail over, we can conquer the sin in our lives, the temptations, the habits, the addictions, the trying and stressful situations. If we are to be victorious through Jesus, then we must rely on his strength, power, and wisdom in us. You see, in this verse, we have the, we have the, we have the thought that Jesus is very uh, upfront with us. He says, uh, in this world, you're going to have troubles. That uh, you're going to have difficult things that you go through. In fact, the context of this verse, Jesus has been telling the disciples that uh, he is going to go into Jerusalem and be crucified on a cross. And he talks about how he's going to turn their grief into joy. He's talking about the troubles that they will have. He's, first of all, going to have troubles, but he's going to overcome that. He's going to transform that for his victory. And he says, I have told you these things so that even when you go through the difficult things, even when you witness my crucifixion, even when you experience the trials of that, you're going to have peace. You're going to overcome it. And then he assures us that in this world you will have troubles. And believe me, the disciples had troubles. All we have to do is read the book of Acts and we read about the persecution. Almost all of the disciples were martyred, put to death for their faith. And yet every one of them lived as an overcomer. Why? Because they had been united with Christ. Do any of you have troubles? I know I do. I have worries and anxieties, concerns about those that I love, lies that I believe in my heart, fears and temptations and confusion wrestling with apathy towards God? 
one of the things that probably weighs on me the most right now is I just, uh, I, I long to see my son Dawson really follow the Lord with all his heart. You know, he's getting to the age where uh, um, the peer pressure is more significant. In kindergarten or whatever, every, all the kids kind of want to be good. But as he gets older, the peer pressure becomes greater. And I know that it'll increase. And there's not always the, the desire to do the right thing. And so my heart is burdened to disciple him well. And to see him to grow up to be a man of God. My, my heart aches as I pray for him. We all have troubles. We all have difficulties that weigh on him, on us. And as we said, how will we live with strength and peace in turbulent times? Well, the first and most important step towards strength and peace in turbulent times is to know that we belong to Jesus and that he has overcome the world. We must, in other words, we must find our identity in Christ and then we will have what we need to overcome the world. Okay, I want to give us a little hypothetical situation because I know we are in August in Southern California and there is no way that it's going to rain outside today. But let's just say, let's use our wild imagination and say that it is pouring cats and dogs outside right now. And a good thing I brought my umbrella because this is going to keep me dry because it is raining outside. But what if... I head outside, and I don't want to get soaked from head to toe, and I've got my umbrella, but I don't even ever open it up. I'm just swinging it around. Maybe I pull it out, and if it's long enough, I use it as a cane. I've got my umbrella, but I get frustrated. Why am I uh, getting so wet? I thought this umbrella was supposed to keep me dry. You see, the key to an umbrella keeping you dry is what? You've got to open it, right? And Jesus has overcome the world, and he has made us overcomers, but we've actually got to live into that. And that's what this series is all about. It is to find our identity in Jesus and then to live into the peace and the strength that he has given us. Scholars estimate that uh, John wrote his gospel— in the 50s or the 60s, most, most likely the early 60s from the research that I have done. And so John uh, wrote these words from Jesus in John 16, 33, in, in about 60 AD. And then he had about 25 years to mull them over in his mind again and again until uh, about 90 AD he wrote First uh, John. And reflecting upon Jesus as overcoming the world for a couple of decades, here's what comes out of John. 1 John 5, one through, I want to read verses 1 through 6. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know we, uh, we love Jesus. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. There's that word, nakao. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. 
Who is it that overcomes the world? Well, John has already recorded that Jesus has overcome the world. Now he says the one who overcomes the world is the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, he did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. In this verse, John now has taken what Jesus has said about himself, that, he, that Jesus was the overcomer, and now he has identified those that are followers of him with Jesus. There's that identity in Christ. He says, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, when Jesus is our identity, when we have found our lives in him, then we become overcomers. Now, John gives two qualifications here to being overcomers. First of all, he says that if we want to be an overcomer, we have to believe in Jesus. Now, whenever the Bible talks about believing in Jesus, it's more than an intellectual assent, right? It's more than just knowing facts and figures. It's always talking about uh, trusting in him and relying on him and and looking to him uh, for our, in our lives. And so we, we must, so if we are to be an overcomer, we must trust Jesus. And so let me just get, let me just pause for a moment and ask you to genuinely reflect upon this question. Do you really trust Jesus? Yes, I, I am sure that you, you may say, yes, I have an understanding of who he is, but, and I, and I've been saved. I place my trust in him. But, but do you really trust him in all areas of your life? Or are there areas right now that God is calling you to move into greater trust in him? The first qualification for us to be an overcomer is that we truly believe in Jesus. And then the second one that John gives us, he says that we must obey God's commands. Now, John's not saying this is a works-based salvation. We know, we know uh, through the whole of Scripture that we are saved by grace and not by what we have done. John is telling us that uh, we gain access, gain access to the promises of God by obeying his commandments. You see, if we are to live as overcomers, we will embrace the commandments of God. This is how we open the umbrella, so to speak. This is how we let the, the protection and the promises of God reign over our lives by uh, obeying his commands. And, and God, is, God says very clearly, John says very clearly here that Jesus' commands are not burdensome. In other words, this is not a heavy weight for us to carry this is not something that's going to that's going to uh, going to be difficult for us, though it is a challenge. It is to give us life and joy. This is how we enter in to all the promises of God. God's commandments are life giving, and they are the keys to living as an overcomer. It is through God's commandments that the old junk of sin is dug out of our lives, and we are filled with God's love and truth. This past week, I had to go to the dentist. Uh, my back tooth on my left top side just crumbled away. I was flossing one day and I got this and I felt this stuff like kind of uh, just 
falling down on my tongue, and I opened it up. I said, oh, gross. I, first, I thought it was an old filling, that, a loose filling that had come loose because I've got a few fillings. And uh, I looked, at, and it was white, and I, and I thought, maybe this is a white filling. I, I called my dentist. I set up an appointment. He said, no, your, your tooth had, must have had a deep cavity in it, corroded the whole tooth, and the tooth just came out. And so then I had the fun experience of, uh, of him getting out his drill. and <clears throat> You can uh, only imagine the joy I had a Tuesday afternoon. But he dug out all the old stuff of the cavity, and then he filled it in with a good, what he called a, a nice silver filling. And uh, when, it, when we recognize uh, that, it, that our tooth is falling out, it's not going to be enough just to dig out the old, right? You've got to fill it in with something new that's going to protect us so that the cavity won't continue to spread. And the same thing when it comes to uh, our overcoming in our lives. A lot of people are just digging at the sin. They recognize the injustice in this world. They even recognize things in their own hearts and in their lives that are not right. And we, and we just keep digging. The, the thing is that we have as believers in Jesus is that we have something to fill back in with. Many people are trying to change without God. And the way that it usually ends up is very ugly because we just make things worse. Or the turbulent times get the best of us. I'm not a historian, but as I've studied the different major societal movements throughout history, they've almost always have been spearheaded by people of faith. Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, William Wilberforce, Sojourner Truth, and the list could go on. But all of them were people that, of faith that looked to call upon the Lord and to rely on His strength. You see, it'll end ugly if we just dig away at the cavity, but we never have a filling. And God can give us what we need for deep and lasting change. It is God alone who can give us the filling. And that's where we'll be at for the next few months, that, that God's going to fill in. Where we have dug out the fear, He fills us in with faith where we have dug out the anxiety, he fills us in with peace. Where we have dug out the divisions and the difficult relationships, he, he fills it in with togetherness. Where we have dug out the temptation, he fills it in with his, the strength of his word. And God gives us the filling. We come in at this, these cavities that are in our lives and we dig them out. And it's painful. I hate it when the dentist comes in with that drill. And, we and it's painful and we dig it out. But the good news is that we get it filled back in because our lives are found in Christ. And so John gives us here in John 5 four things to become overcomers. Four fillings, so to speak. First, he, first of all, he gives us our new identity in Christ. Remember what he said in the first verse? He says that we are ch God's children and that we have been born of God and that he loves us. We have to get this filled in with our identity in Christ. And then John talks about his, God's commandments. And remember he said that God's commandments are not burdensome. These, this is a filling that God gives us. He gives us truth that guides us in the way that we are to go. He gives us things that we can hang on to that will fill us up and help us to live as overcomers. 
And thirdly, he gives us forgiveness. This is where where John talks about how uh, victory is ours through Jesus' death and resurrection. And God has given us forgiveness. And so forgiveness is a key to, first of all, forgive ourselves and also to be able to extend forgiveness to others. That's a key, both the forgiveness of ourselves and the forgiveness of others. That's a key to being an overcomer. And lastly, the Holy Spirit. And John calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of of truth. In the Holy Spirit, we have God's truth and power. These are the, I think these are just the foundation. These are the things that we need in our lives, and this is what we're going to be doing the next few months is uh, to, to fill in where we dig out the old junk of sin and, and uh, the things that, are, that would cause us to be defeated. We fill it in with what Christ provides for us, our identity in Christ, His commandments, the forgiveness that Jesus has for us, and the Holy Spirit. And when we learn to live into these things, and we learn for Christ to be our identity, then uh, our lives become, uh, then we become overcomers. I've got a friend uh, who's lost quite a bit of weight, and um, I asked him recently, how have you lost so much weight? Like, you're looking good. You look, you look fantastic. And he said, uh, the main way that I have lost weight is every morning, maybe not every morning, but he said like five times a week, he gets up and uh, he's got a treadmill in his home. And he says, I walk on that treadmill. And I said, okay, forget it. I'm done. Uh, nothing would be worse t- uh, to me than walking on a treadmill every day. I could never do that. It seems so boring. He says, you know what? It's a struggle for me every day. There's a chair by the treadmill and I have to sit down there and convince myself to get on the treadmill. Uh, but he said, what I do is uh, when I get on the treadmill, I know it's going to be painful, and I know it's not going to be fun. So I click on the TV. I put a TV in front of the treadmill, and I just keep my eyes on the TV, and I watch the ball game, or I watch the news, or I watch the TV show, and I just walk. And pretty soon my, my body's aching, and I got sweat coming down, and, it, and it's not fun at all. But I, I tune all that out, and I just keep my eyes fixed on the TV. And I just keep looking at the TV, and I tune everything out, and I just keep on going because I got my eyes fixed on the TV. Well, for us to be overcomers, we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. And yes, it's painful. It's going to hurt. We're going to sweat. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be difficulties. We're going through turbulent times. But we just keep looking at Jesus. We just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because he's our identity. And we keep on going. And one day we're going to get off the treadmill. We're going to look in the mirror like, whoa, I look good. Uh, (laughs) The anxiety's gone. My difficult relationships have been uh, renewed. Uh, I got all the, I got, I got faith and confidence in the Lord. I look good. And that's what we're going to be. We're just going to keep on walking, keep on fixing our eyes on Jesus. Our identity is in him. We focus on him and all these other things uh, that are so difficult. We just keep fi- focusing on the Lord and he's going to change us from the inside out. You see, as overcomers, our identity is in Christ. And he loves you more than you could ever imagine. If 
fact, he just wants to wrap his arms around you and, and tell you that you are forgiven and that you are loved by him. That it is his desire to come into your life and for you just to overcome all the difficult things in you, that you're experiencing right now. But for that to happen, first of all, we fix our eyes on Jesus and we just keep looking at him. Just keep marching forward and we'll understand that he comes alongside us and builds us up in the inside. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you that uh, you um, sent your son Jesus to this earth to die on the cross and to be raised from the dead. He is the overcomer. And so God, as followers of his, as children of his, loved by you, God, uh, we just want to live into the promises that you have given us. We want to open up the umbrella, so to speak, as the rain is pouring down around us. We just want to draw access to the promises that you have given us. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on you this morning and throughout this week and throughout this series. God, help us just to keep looking to you and to realize that through Christ we are overcomers. And not because of anything we have done ourselves, but because of Christ in us. And so we seek to be united with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.